Feast of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. everyone, and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and it is great to be back after a long break uh, for various reasons. Uh, I have been incredibly busy lately, um, and as I said a while ago, I am going to record this podcast as often as I can, but it might not necessarily be every week. Uh, but here I am, back uh, here on June 21st, recording another podcast, and um I want to continue this. It helps me as a person, as a Christian, and I hope it helps you. Um, hopefully the things that I discuss, whether you agree or not, help you at least think through these issues. And so we're going to continue that. So today I am going to be talking about the loss of reverence in Christian worship. And uh, uh, those that are, I'm 36, about to be 37, those that are my age and older, Uh, might know what I'm talking about more than people who have perhaps grown up in this culture that we live. Um, And so Christian worship has really changed significantly over the years and indeed over the centuries. But its, its vitality to Christian life has remained throughout the centuries, throughout church history. And in recent years and even decades, I contend that the reverence in Christian worship has been lost. And there are likely a number of contributing factors for this loss of reverence, uh, which I believe stem from the overemphasis on consumerism. And sometimes that is a subconscious overemphasis on consumerism. In other words, the church, to appeal to unbelievers, has created an atmosphere of worship which takes a casual approach. And so I don't argue for legalism um, or for an impersonal relationship with God, but rather for a realization of who God is and subsequently subsequently, an appropriate response to him in worship. And so uh, today I intend to discuss the dangers of Christian worship's loss of reverence. In my observations, there are three primary results that have occurred, and I'm going to discuss these not only as reality, but also as a warning to the church so that this trend can be reversed. So, this casual approach, this um, nonchalant um, lack of reverence in Christian worship has, number one, contributed to a diminishment of the splendor of God. And so uh, what I mean by that, it's not as if God's splendor itself has been diminished, okay? God, uh, for example, when, when someone says that uh, God possesses glory, and often we sing maybe something that says something like this, I give you glory, or we give you glory. Um, it's not heretical to say that or to sing that, and I'll tell you why, if we if we understand it in the correct manner. And so when we say, I give you glory, or I bring you glory, or something like that, We are not saying that we have any glory to give God. He already possesses glory. That is who he is, irrespective of our involvement and whether or not we exist. God has glory. 
what we are saying, it, it is as if we are mirrors and God, we are reflecting because we are in Christ and we are found in the Holy Spirit, sealed in him. We are saying, God, we reflect your glory back to you. And so it's not as if God's splendor has been diminished, but the realization of that splendor has been diminished and will continue to diminish if a casual attitude continues to compound in the church. Think about Isaiah's response to being in the presence of God during his his vision. Read Isaiah chapter 6. That is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible because it paints such a vivid picture of what Christian worship should be. Uh, additionally, I, I consider Paul's response in the presence of Christ as he is on uh, the road to Damascus. Moses at the burning bush. These are um, very evident examples in Scripture. Someone might argue that these are extraordinary circumstances. Paul, uh, Moses, um Isaiah, these are extraordinary circumstances, and while that would be accurate, it does not suffice because the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, God's presence is a reality of Christian worship. In other words, believers are always in the presence of God and certainly when they gather to worship Him. So perhaps the underlying issue then is not the absence of God's presence, but the lack of realization about it. So these extraordinary circumstances in Scripture reveal people who responded drastically because they realized God's presence. Paul understood he was in the presence of Christ. Isaiah understood he was in the presence of the Lord. A casual approach to worship is not conducive to realizing the presence of God. And so a casual attitude is more about selfish comfort, selfish desires, and selfish goals. And if people are not careful, the casual approach to worship will diminish the realized splendor of God. And so I do not mean (laughs) that to properly worship God, you must wear a suit and tie. That's not what I'm saying. I am not saying that you cannot worship God and uh, have a coffee bar or anything like that. But with those types of things, say, for example, a coffee bar, we need to be careful. I always paint a picture when I'm discussing this with people like this. Consider if you um, were invited by the president of the United States, Republican, Democrat, whoever that may be. Let's just say it's someone you support. And you were invited by this president to dinner at his house or any type of meeting with this person. Would you not prepare for that meeting? I think most people would. Let's say you're in a court of law. You have a case to present. Would you not come prepared with that case? And would you not approach that judge or that jury, whoever it may be, appropriately, dressed appropriately, with the correct words? Why would we approach God any less? And so a casual attitude... The loss of reverence, if you will, has contributed to a diminishment of the splendor of God. The second thing that this casual attitude, this casual approach to worship has contributed to is an augmentation of humankind. So a diminishment of the splendor of God and an augmentation of humankind. Now, while the realization of God's splendor is diminished as a result of casualness in worship, augmentation, there's an augmentation of selfishness and human glory. Humanity is not worthy to receive all praise and honor as God is. In fact, we are not worthy to receive any praise and honor. So any augmentation of humankind is a false one. 
Because because of humanity's wretched depravity, no person except the person of Christ deserves any glory whatsoever. So we might argue that Christians are made holy in Christ, and that is true. We are made holy in Christ. Yet holiness is not achieved, but it's given and only by and only in Christ. And so this is not any doing of our own. So we shouldn't confuse holiness as a product of our own making, but as a gift from God to his people. Humanity has fallen because of feeble attempts to steal glory from God, which will never work. And so to approach Christian worship casually is not only to diminish the reality of God's glory, but to also falsely grant glory to humans, which was never ours to grant in the first place, and which we do not possess at all to grant anyway. And so a a casual approach to worship is not an augmentation of humanity's glory, because we don't possess any, but a false bequeathal of glory that never belongs to people, but only to God. And so to worship God rightly is to realize and understand his holiness, and to understand that humankind does not even belong in the same universe with such splendor. Now, Understand that that what I'm talking about here, the diminishment of the splendor of God and the augmentation of humanity, of humankind, that these really are distortions of the truth. Um, God's glory cannot be diminished. He is glorious whether we acknowledge it or not. Humankind, the glory of humankind cannot be augmented because we do not have glory. And so we're, even though we're, when we approach worship casually, these things seem to exist, a diminishment of the splendor of God and an augmentation of humanity's glory, they really don't exist. And so it is, it is a false um, d- diminishment and a false augmentation. But what we are doing is we are Truthfully, really, we're lying when we come into the presence of God casually and the pres- the splendor of God seems to be diminished and the glory of humankind seems to be augmented. We really are lying to ourselves. And a casual approach to worship sort of cultivates an atmosphere for this. When we approach God reverently by realizing who he is and in whose presence we stand, our attitude changes, not only our attitude, but the way we worship. Uh, there, there is a, a, a Reformation saying that's uh, lex credendi, lex orandi, and it, it means uh, the way we worship is how we become. How we worship is how we become. And so often we think that uh, how we become is how we worship. We think it's backwards, but really the way we worship is who we become. And so worship is formative in nature. And so we should not approach it casually. The third uh, element that this casual approach to worship has contributed to is a minima- minimization of sin. In the presence of God, Isaiah understood his wretchedness because he saw God's holiness. And you'll recount the scripture in Isaiah chapter 6 where he said, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. So not only does he acknowledge his own sinfulness, but he acknowledges his entire people's sinfulness. When believers see God for who he is... um, it should rightly cause them to subsequently see themselves for who they are. 
namely wretched and sinful people in need of a savior. And so additionally, seeing God for who he is and understanding the magnificence of God's grace in Christ should cause the church to worship God simply for who he is and then praise him also for his undeserved mercy. As Isaiah realized his own unrighteousness in God's presence, Christian worship should cause believers to do the same. A casual attitude in Christian worship yields a lack of understanding about who God is and therefore a minimization of sinfulness that exists in every single human. Understand that that our view of ourselves really is formed by our view of God. When we realize and understand who God is, we begin to rightly see ourselves for who we are. And it's not good. So if we begin to see ourselves as good, as higher than we should, we need to go back to how do we see God. So for Christians to worship God rightly, they need to see God first for who he is. That is holy. Christian worship is a dialogue between God and his people. It's responsive in nature. In other words, God initiates his revelation and his people then respond. So the first step is God's revelation. To worship rightly, Christians need to see God for who he is, a holy being, a holy and divine God. And without this revelation, a proper response really is not possible. So to cultivate that atmosphere for such a revelation, reverence is absolutely necessary. A casual approach to worship shouldn't exist in the church. We wouldn't consider, as I mentioned earlier, meeting with someone of nobility, be it the president or anyone else. We wouldn't consider meeting with them in a casual way. So why then would we ever consider worship gatherings a a casual social meeting? Again, I am not talking about legalism, and I am not talking about an impersonal relationship with God, but sometimes I think there's a fine line. I'm more of a both-and person. You can go too far in one direction, so you can be too casual. You can be too uh, dogmatic, if you will. Perhaps the church, in the name of standing against legalism and stiffness, which is probably a good thing in most cases, has created too casual of an environment for for proper Christian worship and should return to the roots of God's holiness and splendor. Worship is a privilege, but it is certainly not casual. So the church's attitude toward worship should be one of utmost reverence. And I hope you will consider this as you worship with your local church as our society begins to uh, open up again and to uh, to be on the move again. Uh, we're starting to see more and more things open up, more churches open their doors for public worship. I hope you will consider this. Uh, we are not called to an attitude of casualness in our worship, but we are called to an attitude of reverence, an approach of reverence before a holy God. So thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones.